0: Brad and Brian Manning are on a mission. At a young age, the brothers were both diagnosed with an eye disease that causes blindness over time. Determined to find a cure for themselves and others like them, they recently left careers in finance to start a clothing company, Two Blind Brothers, which donates 100% of its profits to blindness research. of Change, where we speak with social entrepreneurs, impacting their communities and the world. I'm your host, Elisa Birnbaum, publisher and editor-in-chief of sea Change magazine. I hope you've had a chance to check out my recently published book, also titled In the Business of Change, where I profile social entrepreneurs around the world and their lessons learned. Check it out at your local bookstore, at Amazon, or on our website. On today's episode, we speak with Brad and Brian, co-founders of Two Blind Brothers. They share how a diagnosis inspired their social enterprise and how in two years they've been able to grow their clothing brand in significant ways. The brothers also discuss their unique business model, their lessons learned, and how endorsements from celebrities like Ellen DeGeneres and Richard Branson are helping them meet their mission. Everyone's curious about what how this all got started and what inspired it so tell us a bit about what you know that the the eye disease that you guys struggle with and and have been since you were young and what we what we should know about it because we all want to learn more and how that inspired you to take these steps in terms of entrepreneurship
1: so yeah this is brian speaking brad and i at the age of five were diagnosed with the disease called Stargardt's disease. And what Stargardt's is, it's you lose your center vision over time. You have trouble metabolizing vitamin A, which creates a toxic byproduct in your eye. Uh, It's very similar to, it's a juvenile form of macular degeneration, which a lot of people's grandparents have. Mm -hmm. So in the U S there is, there are 10 million folks who are affected with retinal eye disease. And, you know, 20 years ago when Brad and I, 20, 30 years ago when Brad and I were diagnosed with these diseases, the conversation in the doctor's office was very bleak. It was go home, prepare to go blind, get a magnifier, learn to read braille and best of luck to you. And And that's what our parents were sent home with. And fortunately we have some of the most unbelievable parents on the face of this earth who were very determined to not allow, you know, retinal eye disease to be a hindrance in our life. They were, it was just gonna be something we had to deal with, like everybody has their problems. And so we went through life with that mentality that, you know, this was something that we had, but whatever, we gotta get over it, we gotta find a way around it, and you gotta work to the best of your ability at everything else. Mm-hmm. And then, And Brad and I were working in separate careers in New York, and brad was in uh brad was in finance i was in sales and what ended up happening was we were shopping at a bloomingdale's one day of all places and we lost each other immediately like what happens when you can't see when you have two guys you can't see each other very well it's hard to keep track when we came out of the store about 45 minutes later we had bought in the same shirt and it sparked in us this realization that when you can't see well your first instinct in everything is to touch it. And shopping is one of those situations that's a huge pain in the behind because looking at the price, the color, the brand, even if it's a men's shirt, is a huge ordeal. And so we touch everything first. And if we like the feel, then we go through the whole process of getting a sales associate or taking a picture on a phone. And we had bought in the same shirt because we realized that, it was comfortable. It was very soft. It was beautiful. And we decided to try and do something nice, try and raise awareness and raise a little bit of money by making clothing based around the sense of touch and donating 100% of the profits back to retinal research.
0: Got it. And so. That's actually a really uh, inspirational story. And I'm curious, uh, the model that you've adopted, and I'm going to jump right to that question now, because you mentioned that, so 100% of your profits are donated, Um First of all, tell me how exactly that money is is going to support, uh, and on your site, you t- talk about fighting the disease and also supporting stem cell research, gene therapy treatment. Um, could you tell me how that is going to help that? And then we'll get into your actual business model afterwards.
2: Sure. So it, it, the mission started uh, with Brian and I following the work of a foundation called the Foundation Fighting Blindness, which has been around for about 40 years, started by this great um, philanthropist, Gordon Gund, uh, who's blind from retinitis pigmentosa. And 40 years ago, I I think it was also coincidentally the same year that the National Eye Institute uh, here in the U.S. was founded. And um, the, the field was brand new. They didn't really know much about the eye. And it took him about 20 years to find sort of the first gene uh, related to retinal eye disease. And things have come sort of a long way since then. Um, Now there are uh, 20-plus clinical trials going on for different types of therapies that stop, slow down, or cure um, blindness. And the reason we decided to focus on this part of the mission is because – a lot of the, the science is moving so fast. We're living in the midst of, an, of a medical revolution. And a lot of these researchers that are focusing on uh, retinal eye research, um, their projects are, are very risky. And um, it, it's so risky, in, in fact, that a lot of private capital, big institutions aren't willing to come in and fund those initial studies to learn about the gene or the therapy or the pharmaceutical solution or the stem cell solution. And so the idea is that if you can find the right researchers and help them shore up that proof of concept, it'll then allow the big money to come in and take these therapies to uh, through clinical trials. A great example of this process is actually huge news in the, in the vision community. Um, there's a big pharmaceutical company called Lux uh, Spark Therapeutics. Mm-hmm. They have a therapy called Luxterna, which treats a rare form of blindness called LCA, labors congenital amaurosis. And that therapy started with a gift from the Foundation Fighting Blindness to help identify the gene in 1994. The therapy went into the first patient in the early 2000s, and now it cures blindness in about 700 people a year. It reverses their blindness, which is which is tremendous. So our goal is uh, by working with groups like the Foundation Fighting Blindness to identify those preclinical researchers uh, to help. Prove out the concepts to bring the therapies to market.
0: Okay, um, that's that's amazing. And so, how long have you been around for already?
1: I think we had our two and a half year birthday, and yes, we celebrate half birthdays here too. <laughs> Brothers love them. Uh, I think we had two and a half year. Birth- we're going to be two and a half in about two weeks.
0: Okay. Amazing. And you actually, you're, you donate 100% of your profits. We mentioned that. Uh, are you, do you see, I see on your, your website, you call yourself a, sort of a charity as well as a social enterprise. Could you explain more how, um, how that works and the model mm-hmm. that you use and how do you plan, you know, in terms of sustainability, you know, if you're con- giving everything away, how, how do you stay afloat? Like what what are your plans? <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's an excellent question and one that we we wrestle with a little bit right now because we're facing basically we've had so much more growth than we ever expected, you know, and what that created was some working capital challenges, you know, and if you're if we're really not out there, um, kind of uh, giving our profits to investors, you know, how do you do that? And so there, there's a variety of things that we've thought about. One is we're not a charity; we're set up as an LLC. And we work through the Foundation Fighting Blindness. So whenever anybody says, can I make a donation to Two Blind Brothers, we always say go to blindness.org and donate to the foundation, you know, directly. But that structure is basically just how we started. And right now, um, there's a bunch of interesting organizations, a bunch of interesting structures, we might convert to a 501c3 soon, we might set up sort of a, uh, the Two Blind Brothers Foundation, we're actually wrestling with a lot of those questions now, um, it wasn't such a big deal when the dollars were really small, uh, but now that we've had such great growth, it's it's been a challenge, so one of the things we're really working on now, if you're just curious how we're kind of trying to reach that sustainability, is... Um, uh, looking at short-term financing, but also, uh, terms with our vendors. You know, so the the big cost for us um when we grow is inventory. So for example, with this holiday coming up, you know, we try to negotiate with our fabric suppliers, our cut and sew, our manufacturing, the button folks, even our we do a lot of advertising on Facebook, um, and so we're getting credit terms with all the vendors which are helping finance the growth. Um, we're starting to explore what some of those other options might look like. You know, we we generally feel if You know, if the investment or the financing source is great for expanding the pie, which will inevitably lead to more donations, we're certainly on, you know, we certainly consider those options, but um, we haven't done that yet. And then Brian and I also have some residual work that we do outside of Two Blind Brothers to help sort of uh, keep the lights on.
0: Okay. That uh, that makes a lot. That makes a lot of sense. You did mention on your site also that you hire people on the blindness spectrum to work for you as well. How does that work and where are they working out of?
1: Yeah, we partnered with an unbelievable organization called the Dallas Lighthouse for the Blind. They're part of the Lighthouse Association down here in the US and they provide services and support for the blind and visually impaired community in Dallas, Fort Worth. But they also just so happened to have a manufacturing facility where they did a lot of government contract work. Well, we got in touch with them to see if they would make two blind brothers shirts for us. And so they employ 75 percent visually impaired and blind workers. And we actually have a team down there that does cut and sew. And it really was something special the first time I got to go and see them at work because you're just watching these people sew together clothing that you actually have the opportunity to employ and help empower and give a, you know, fulfilling career path and just get to kind of be full circle on our mission of, you know, donating money to charity, but trying to help today in whatever way that we can.
0: Awesome. That's great. Um, What, how about uh, the impact that uh, celebrities like Ellen has on, on on your work and and your success and what you're able to accomplish. I mean these things you know it's 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 impressive that you're able to get attention like that and but it you know in in, in strategically speaking it's 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 really important. it's great it, it helps for sure. Well I mean I am putting words in your mouth now. do you tell me <laughs> what do you think?
2: Um, so Ellen specifically had a tremendous impact on our business. I mean, she had us on her show on January 4th of 2017. And, um, you know, up until that point, you know, Brian and I were shipping orders out of our apartment here. We had a few hundred shirts in stock. We were harassing our friends. We had built our own sort of Squarespace website to do it and we were harassing our friends to buy. And, um, it was really a huge inflection point. And, very humbling um, to Brian and I. I think one of the things that really hit us uh, after that moment is that, you know, it's rare in life that you're given these opportunities um, where you're given attention on something that you care about and you're trying to make a difference in, and, and that her her um, endorsement, as well as a few other big media hits at that time, really um, uh, was enough for us to make the commitment to really dedicate uh, the vast majority of our time to, to this project because, uh, because we just felt this responsibility to this community, and we saw it in the comments on our social. We saw it in our mess- in the messages that we received after um, being on the show. And you know we're just super grateful and, and, and we're humbled by how um, how somebody who isn't necessarily themselves affected with an eye disease, um, is willing to lift up that story, and, and it's not just Ellen. It's people. It's people who care about social causes all over the spectrum. Um, and we've had a few other great endorsements from people like Richard Branson of the Virgin Group, and we got a great um, plug from Ashton Kutcher and Sheryl Sandberg, the CFO of Facebook. And w- without them, I don't know where we'd be. They've, they've
1: certainly helped us a lot. And the only thing I'll add is that you know these. These larger named celebrities do a ton to propel your business forward. But a lot of the magic from our success has to be attributed to just normal people who have a brother with visual impairment or a son or a daughter or a grandparent or just somebody who sympathizes with our cause who, you know, who shares our video, who tells a friend you know, people seem to overestimate the power of a genuine relationship and how influential the average person truly is and they and the amount of support and love and energy we've gotten from them has been truly astounding and it's something we wouldn't even have a project if it wasn't for all the people out there who just were the kind enough to support us that's
0: amazing um and and i agree with that that's 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 an important uh point um any uh, well, first of all, I want to know where can people purchase online, fully online, or is is that is that the best place to to find?
2: Yeah, they okay. can, they they can either hunt down our headquarters and uh, grab a co- <laughs> <laughs> grab, grab a coffee with Brian and I in New York City, um, which we do a lot of. Camp. People will buzz our offices thinking it's a retail store, and it's. <laughs> <laughs> with our uh, office headquarters and we're always happy to meet everybody. Um but we also um but we sell online. Uh we sell we do pretty much 100% of our sales online at two blind brothers, all spelled out, um com. Okay.
0: Okay. And uh any words of advice that you would offer other people, like you said, it's not just you know uh, you know there's a wonderful things about having celebrity backing you, but it's it's the work that you do and and how you attract that um, people following you and and people supporting you but but what would you advise other people on how to attain that type of um, achievements how how to get there what What would you tell other people
2: for other social entrepreneurs yeah. You know, we we talked to a lot of folks about this and Brian and I didn't come into this project with any expertise in in that particular space, but we've learned a lot. And one of the things that we've learned is that if you can boil your social mission down to an individual story um, with those ideas of strong storytelling, it it, it has a dramatic effect because people will connect with it a lot more. I think one thing that's helped us a lot is we are... Uh, Brad and Brian have two blind brothers, um, and and we'll talk to groups like the Foundation Fighting Blindness, which has thousands and tens of thousands of stories, um, but it's hard for them to sort of uh, wrap their mission up into one story. So if you have the ability to boil your story down to its um, component parts and and get it out there, that's really helpful. The other thing is um, we've grown through social. We've grown through Facebook and Instagram, both organically, but also paid. And I really want to express how powerful these platforms are for getting a niche brand, a niche product, or a niche message in front of the right audience. You know, if we had to compete on just, uh, you know, a a comfy shirt at a a great price, um, we wouldn't have been successful. But because we can really identify those people through the social platforms that care about cause driven brands that are in the market to buy some clothes that, you know, respond to everything that we're talking about that empathize with eye disease. I mean, that's what really helps is, is reaching that niche audience. It, it's a place that a lot of big brands can't compete in. And
1: I have you know two things. One is while you are still relatively small, do all of the things that aren't scalable for J. Crew or Gap or Mr. Porter or Vince because Brad and I will get emails every day around a mother who just had a son diagnosed or, you know, from somebody who hadn't met anybody else with an eye disease. And we'll send them a message or we'll get on the phone with them or we'll open up a dialogue to them and try and help and support them and give them all the advice that we possibly can. Not always perfect advice, but the best that we have. And, you know, we like to think that that's a relationship and a connection that no other brand is willing to put in for that person. And when that mother is thinking about what to get for Christmas, you know, she's going to... The two guys who called her when she was upset about her son's diagnosis are probably going to be the first ones coming to mind. And we do everything from an altruistic standpoint, but we're still small enough that we can make that effort to get in touch with every single person Mm -hmm. to the best of our ability. And two, and this has been especially when you have a social component to your brand, you can ask a lot of people for a lot of things and people are willing to help. You know, We have had a ton of friends who have volunteered their time and their expertise to get this project off the ground. We've had people help us with getting a better supplier. They've helped us with getting our social ads up and running and helped us with email, just helped us and all it took was us asking, because if you don't ask, you're going to get a lot less help than if you just say, hey, would you mind? And most people are very receptive, and the ones that aren't are very polite about not being receptive.
0: <laughs> Good point. Good point. Um, thank you. And I just wanted to leave with one last question, which is just to ask you if you had any what, – what your, what your hope is, what your plans are for the future, what do you anticipate, and anything you want to mention in terms of those plans or hopes um, giving you a chance to do that love to hear it
2: yeah uh well a couple things on the mission side you know we want to be responsible for helping fund additional cures for blindness i mean that's the mission of the company that's the reason we're doing what we're doing and you know that's what we're laser focused on um Beyond that, you know, we want to help change that conversation in that doctor's office so that when that doctor says you have this diagnosis, there's no cure, go home and prepare to go blind. uh, We want to end that conversation with there is hope. And that's what we're really focusing on on the mission side. In terms of the business, um, we have a lot of new products coming out. The holiday is basically, you know, the, the, the far and away, the best part of the year for us, the last six weeks of the year. Um, so we have a lot of new products coming out for kids. We have pants, um, that we're introducing for the first time. We have, um, a new backpack, which is very special. And, um, we also launched this campaign, um, called the Shop Blind Experience, where we, kind of challenge people to buy something that they can't see um, and that's something we'll be doing towards the end of November um, but everything's everything's going really well uh, and uh, we're just having a lot of fun and we're taking it month by month because things change and things move fast and we've been we've been lucky to grow a lot
1: and you know the other thing that we hope for the future and this one's a little bit harder but we would love for two blind brothers to be a blueprint for other people to build out their social cause. If you care a lot about hearing impairment or autism or cancer or whatever you're passionate about, we would love us to be a roadmap to how to get your project off the ground because if we can do that, not only will we be helping blindness, but we'll get a multiplicative effect across every disease under the sun. So that's kind of our overall dream and uh, we're, we're excited.
2: Another thing, too, worth mentioning is um, we're working on a campaign for World Sight Day, which is October 11th, where we're asking people to black out an image on their Instagram or Facebook for awareness for World Sight Day. So we're going to be promoting that out as well. Um, and uh, and we'll, we'll have some information about that on our website. Great.
0: Right. So everyone should, uh, should keep... Checking the website for more information. Um, exciting stuff. Uh, congratulations, you guys. are Amazing. And thank you so much for taking the time. I really, really appreciate it.
2: Thank you. We, we really love what you guys do, and we
1: appreciate it. Happy to be here. Thank you so much. Right, bye, guys. Bye. Bye. bye.
0: Thank you for listening to In the Business of Change. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear other conversations with inspired social entrepreneurs and changemakers working on challenges in their communities and across the globe. I'm your host, Elisa Birnbaum.